guys, you're listening to Butterfly Road, where we talk everything sport and mental health. I'm Jenny McGowan, joined by Kara Ricardo, and it's time to get mentally naked. have a whole other episode about like your transition and everything oh yeah 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 absolutely i was just gonna say that like i've been missing because i moved from north carolina to la and i just am getting settled in preseason and i don't know why you've been missing i'm just always you're, missing yeah you're being the denver gal that you are no i've been i've been eating up this time where it's actually not me that's holding up the recording oh no 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 <laughs> nope i'm not doing that because Last week she texted me and goes, Hey, like, when do you want to record again? I'm like, Oh, I'm ready. Like now, literally like (laughs) right now. And she goes, Oh, actually how about next week? And I'm like, you're the one that asked me and I'm ready. I just didn't, I just didn't expect you to actually be ready last week. I'm always ready. All my friends from home came in. So that's, I know you were just like, you were like, Oh, you're the busy one. But like, I'm ready for butterfly road. Yeah. Should I put on glasses? Sure. Whatever makes you feel good. I'm going to send them the link. Hey, go for it. I just texted them though. I I just felt like we needed a little like, hi, we're back. And okay. I hope I got their emails. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) Hi. 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 Oh, Carrie. Stop it. (laughs) Oh my God. Look at this like New Zealand top. That's what I said. We have one hour until the big game. Oh, right. Shit. Mm -hmm. Right. I should know that. I couldn't be happier than I am right now. (laughs) Did you just wake up? No, I've been coaching all day and I have no voice. Um, okay. You never <laughs> have a voice. Um, why is it not going through my camera? I don't know, but are we getting mentally naked? Because I'm excited. I want to get mentally naked. <laughs> I need to be mentally naked, but we I want to be like, want to be butt naked. <laughs> Did you I have just, COVID? You sound ill. <laughs> no, I've literally the camp, the clinic. This is Joe Every. Oh God. I've been swimming at human beings. Nothing like the spring training, yo. We did fitness today, so I was like trying to hype the girls up. Mm. Yeah. Do I look like I've been through hell? Yes. I do. I don't want to look like that. Dude, I'm I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be really. I love you, but take the braid out. I just said, take the Joe, out. Joe needs to put a, on a visor. Why do you encourage this? Yeah, Carrie. What? Carrie's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Maybe never... I should get a drink or something. Do you want one too? Because. <laughs> We've never had someone drink on our show. <laughs> we should start doing that. Why don't we drink while we record? Oh, yeah, we drink. Yeah, we do. We always drink. Well, I, I can't. Wait, actually, before we really get going, I actually have a kind of a funny story. So um, before when I moved in, Angel City provided us with a couple of like food items and pantry items and like drinks or whatever. So they gave us kombucha. And I was like, oh, my God, Angel City, you guys are the sweetest, blah, blah, blah. Took me three weeks to realize it was hard kombucha. Uh, <laughs> Did you drink it in the car? <laughs> She's like on her way to church. 
training. Like, guys, I'm so healthy. <laughs> and my my neighbor, my teammate lives right next door through here. And she was like, it's hard kombucha. And I was, <laughs> I was you like, dumbass. I was like, I didn't think Angel City would give us alcohol, but I guess it's one of our sponsors. I was like cackling. I was like, oh my That's God. That's one of the such... funniest things I think I've ever heard. That's yeah. I think the most curious. So amazing. <laughs> I will say this has been what three months in the making that we've been like, okay, everyone, let's get our schedules right. And this kind of came together with no planning. We're like, let's do Thursday. I was like, all right. After all that planning for three months, it was like that, that damn easy. And we are here. And I'm very excited because do you guys know what we're talking about? The topic? Jenny has no f- f- oh, fucking clue. Know. No I clue. I never do. I'm just ready. I'm so ready to, to get mentally naked that I don't really care. No. It's gonna- <laughs> <laughs> it looks like we're interviewing Joe. Like she's in a press conference right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fucking look like Ted with a fucking lasso. Fucking yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm digging- I'm like hide my face. <laughs> we're oh like my god i knew this is gonna happen once we got going anyway <laughs> this is gonna be really easy for you three to talk about because basically the topic that i wrote is like coping with your new life and identity post retirement from soccer yes but i guess oh, before yeah, we like get really into get shit. into it yeah i think you guys will be really good i wrote on my paper tina and joe of two wash-ups one pro yes Yes. The, other, the other podcast that we love that I have been a guest on, they are amazing. They're hilarious. They shoot it straight. They tell you what's up. They have all these amazing guests on their podcast and all these soccer girls that are all badasses in their own way. I love listening to it. Anyway, we thought many months ago it would be fun to get us all together. And then I started thinking, I'm like, well, really nice to have these wash-ups come on and talk about basically like being wash-ups. And of course, Ginny is one as well. So it's three wash-ups and yours okay. truly. Yes, for now. But, like, I just kind of wanted to hear from you guys, like, all about um, how it's been. And I feel like you all have kind of different stories. Like, Ginny's removed from soccer, but, like, Joe's clearly not looking at the I'm damn visor. And then understand and, and a visor and a lost voice. So I'm clearly <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's so bad. And then Tina, yeah. as much as you're willing to share publicly about what you're up to these days. Oh, yeah, I'm back. I am back in soccer. I am joined the front office of Gotham FC. So, um, we are, yeah, we are, the wash-ups are back in yeah. soccer. Wait, that's so cool. Um, yeah. Congrats, yeah. by the way. Oh my gosh. Is, it, is that like yeah. a new op- or job you just got? Yeah. So I joined three weeks ago. It's been like a sprint of my life in a matter of three weeks, but yeah, so we, um, I, back in December, I decided that I was ready to get back into sport and what else, but to like get into women's soccer and kind of do work in an area that I feel like is the shit and the women are the shit and we need to have more player presence, former player presence. And I think it's a great time, right? The CBA was just signed. A lot of like really interesting things are happening in the league. Um, and I just lucked out that I got an opportunity with Gotham. Um, and it's good too, because I feel like, especially with Carrie being at angel city, right? Like there's standards that are being set and it kind of motivates you from a team side. Like I, I love to hear that Carrie came in and there was like accommodations for her that were right. We want to see that across the board. So I'm hoping that with the presence of more players and honestly, just clubs <laughs> having people on their front staff, um, like front office, front staff, it's like, that's critical. Um, there's no way to make things professional without that. So yeah, I'm really, really pumped. Um, definitely over the finance world. I'm happy to be doing something that I care about. Um, but yeah, I'm working like an animal, so it's fun, but it's fun too. Now I feel like me and Joe have a balance. 
Joe's the coach. I'm the uh, business front office gal. So yeah, but you're like still involved, which is. And I'm, I'm gonna see I'm, Carrie twice a year, probably. Or like hell more yeah, than once a year. I know. In person. I know. You travel with the team? Uh, we'll see. Probably not as much as I'd want, but um, I'll definitely be at all the home games. So that's oh, awesome. That'll be so great. Congrats. Um, before Thank you. we like really, before you guys start talking, I have no. Um, I can't really like relate to this topic yet but i recorded this video back in november and i want to play it for you guys and then i want you three to kind of just chat because i i have no thoughts really because i'm still in it but i want you to hear this because i'm obviously like terrified for the day that i retire and lose my identity okay it's really embarrassing i played it for Ginny once and she was laughing at me and i was like Ginny, i'm clearly emotional okay here it goes it's november 10th at 305 on the dot and I am driving, but I wish I could be recording Butterfly Road right now because I just feel like I have to remember to say this. My season just finished, and I am needing a break. I'm taking a much-needed and earned break away from soccer and training, but as I was just driving and thinking, I don't know how to like be normal without soccer in my life yet and I um realized how much I use training and grinding as an escape and I don't know a better word right now but maybe a cover-up to distract myself from other things in my life and that if I don't play soccer or do physical activity then those things come to a head sooner and I feel like they are hitting me in the face harder because I have to face them head on and I don't have anything to cover up or distract. And it's just really interesting because it got me thinking about anyone that can no longer or no longer play sports and what they do and how they have to just face things head on like that and don't have that one thing that kind of just like brings them joy and distracts them from all the other stresses in their day and I am terrified for the day that I do not have that and even just for the next few weeks while I don't oh low battery have that, I think it's going to be a big adjustment for me to um like live life and see how I like cope and with different things and like handle the stresses of my day and if my mental health or like mood like switches um so yeah that's my thought for right now and this video is way too damn long so farewell to myself and that's it okay floor's yours your threes i love that one i love how you do voice audios I got <laughs> to myself yeah and when you voice audio in text message it makes me really smile so that's number one. Number two, I um, I love how you were able to be so vulnerable. And I think that's something that I've always loved about you is you're able to just, you're just honest and open no matter what, no matter how you're feeling. Um, <clears throat> for me, I think there are so many things that resonated super like hard with me was <clears throat> you said you wonder how like 
people, um, I should have written it down, but it was wondering how, what, what do you think people do that don't play soccer, the mental health of it? It's like a running joke with my family that like, as soon as I was abruptly forced to stop playing soccer as quickly as I was, like I went, I was planning on going back into preseason that mm-hmm. February in mm-hmm. my back, I kid you not, it busted. Yeah, we were training together yeah. in the off season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Two to three weeks, we were, yeah, we were training together that whole off season. And then, and then back- you just stopped showing up. I was like, Joe? Yeah, 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 I forgot. Yeah, I literally was like, I went into like nighttime dark mode where I did not talk to anybody. I didn't let anybody know what was going on. Like it was bad. For anybody transitioning out, my mental health luckily is so much better. Like I, I don't know if it's just because I landed in such an unbelievable situation, but I can say that every single day since I have been a coach at Columbus State, I have woken up so excited for the day and so happy and so fulfilled and truly, truly, truly happy. And I think Carrie and Tina, you knew me a little bit before, but like, if you asked anybody how I would have been if what happened to me happened to me, I think everybody would have been like, holy shit, Joe Boyles is going to actually go down into like a deep, dark depression and nobody's going to hear for her for four years. That didn't happen, <laughs> uh, which I think is pretty crazy, to be honest. Do you think it didn't happen, though, because of like your job falling into your lap? Because I don't think that happens. Yes, yes, I people. do. But I think I know I, I'm, I, I believe in God and I believe in that things are meant for a reason. And <clears throat> it's like a, I was actually telling one of the girls, she actually didn't know the story. But the way have I told you, Carrie? What? Yeah, I know I haven't told you because this is our first time meeting, but how I actually got the job at CSU. Oh, yeah, you you did. Yeah, it it like for for you not to th- like for people not to think that something was not already in place for me like without me knowing, like it it, it for, okay. So I'll just tell it. So in <laughs> February, I um. I couldn't draw. So I was rehabbing my back in North Carolina. My husband uh, went to West Point. So we're in uh, Columbus, Georgia. He was at Fort Benning. And I, um, my back blew, whatever. I decided to, or I hadn't decided to retire, but I was still healing my back. So my mom had to drive me up um, Valentine or down Valentine's Day weekend uh, to see Parker because we were married at the time. And like, I couldn't drive seven and a half hours. Like my, I just, I was flat in the back seat the whole time. So um, we were actually walking my dog, Lucy, and I around the lake of our apartment and there's houses, the neighborhood. And I ran into this big black lab and a girl that had CSU soccer. I was like, oh, like, do you play? Like, what's the scoop? She's like, no, my dad's the head coach. And I was like, oh, okay. Hadn't decided to retire, hadn't come to the conclusion that like, I can't continue to do what I want to do. And um, I go back home and then I finally decided to retire. And then like, Two weeks later, uh, my husband and I are driving to go golf. <clears throat> he was golfing. I obviously couldn't. And it was COVID, so everybody was walking out. And I see Cooper, which is the black lab, and I see Jay because he just walks like a coach. And um, I Google him real quick, and I Google it, and I go, Shit. okay, I was like, Parker, like, turn, like, we turned around in the cul-de-sac, and I got out, and I introduced myself. And I was like, I know this is absolutely crazy, um, I was like, but my name's Joe Boyles. I just got married. Um, I just absolutely had to retire like two days ago. Um, I'm in Columbus. And from that moment on, he um, he was actually the Carolina Courage's first coach 
um, the second coach in the first um, professional in the WP or WPS. No, the one before the NWSL. Um, and that's actually once when the league folded, that's when he came down to Columbus and started the program. He does everything with U.S. soccer, sea license things. Like the guy is just the absolute goat and literally fell in my lap without me even knowing. And from that moment on, I volunteered in the fall, um, got the assistant job in the spring and have been here ever since. So it's, it's, you have to believe in something for, for that to, to work out as flawlessly as it did. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're really happy. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm so happy. No voice, farmer's tan, like <laughs> haven't been able to run in two years. Haven't really been able to play in two years. Have had two hip surgeries and like, I'm beyond happy. But even though you're really happy, has it been hard for you to like step away from the game or are you just like, I went right into it and I'm still around the game and this is what I was meant to do. Me and Tina have talked about it a little bit. I, this is going to sound bad, but I honestly truly think that that COVID year with no soccer being in my face and I couldn't go into preseason and nobody else really could go into preseason and nobody else could play. I didn't see NWSL. I didn't see anything. I truly think that that also helped mm-hmm. my mental <clears throat> well-being. It's like going yeah. through a breakup. Like going yeah. through a breakup and not having them on Instagram. Yes, yes. yes. absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And it was like I couldn't play and nobody else could play. And so it eased right. that like transition out of not seeing it, not having to do it. Nobody could go play as a team. Like nobody could do anything. Everybody was inside. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just me. And so unfortunately, COVID, as terrible as, as it has been, I truly think that that also helped me as well. Mm-hmm. I could say the same for myself. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say. I will, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real honest. I don't talk about this a lot, but I feel like this platform is probably the best to talk about it. But when I left Virginia, I went in with North Carolina. Um, was doing really well, um, and I remember I was sitting behind Ursteg and Dahlkemper, and I told Who? myself, right. <laughs> and I remember telling myself, and you know better when you're on a Paul Riley team that being on the beach or like being the practice team, it's very hard. I think very like in hard. regards to like develop to develop and do. So I remember like I had an age at the time and I was like, you know what? Like I need to look overseas. Just let's see what what's out there because I'm like, I'm 22 years old. I'm not going to develop here. I don't think unless I, I just felt like the opportunity to play was better overseas for me at the time with where I was at. Um, I ended up taking a contract in Norway. It was the worst experience of my entire life. I was living in a hotel. Um, everything they told me was in the contract was breached. They wanted me to work at a bar at night. Like it was insane. I literally like got in a car and left. I booked my own flight home. I said, I can't do this after two months. And I'll be honest at that point in time, I felt like a hundred percent of failure in my life. Um, I had left an NWSL team to then go to another opportunity. It completely derailed. And I was like, where do I go from here? 
I went to Cyprus to go play in champions league. And honestly, I put every ounce of weight in my life on myself. I said, there's no shot. You have no option, but to go and be successful. Anything else is like, it's literally not an option. Um, and unfortunately I went overseas. I had a really abusive coach who, um, made us all do very intensive body fat percentage things and check our bodies and do anything. And I remember he pulled me in the office and he said, you're overweight. I've never been told that in my life ever. Um, and it took me down a really bad place in terms of my relationship with food and the way in which I treated my body. Frankly, I started to become a shell of myself. I used to call my mom and be like, I don't, I don't, my thoughts, like, I just don't know what's going on. Like, I don't feel mentally well. I don't feel right. My body hurts like all the while, right? Like my body's changing. I'm losing weight. I'm gaining weight. I'm, I'm like not looking right. And I started to fall out of love with the game. Like I didn't want to train anymore. I didn't want to play anymore. Um, in a way, I didn't think about this till now, Joanna, but I feel like I almost like for a lot of reasons, like maybe not as, significant of an injury, but because of what I went through, like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I am going to mentally, I'm going to derail. And if I don't get home and get right, it's, um, not going to be good for me. And I remember coming home and it's kind of scary when you don't see people for a long time and they kind of look at you and they're like, Holy shit. Like, you know, like you look like a different person. Cause I was not only like physically looking different, but like I was a shell of myself. My emotionally, I was very different. My personality had changed. And I remember just going through all that and being really scared. I had never really like exercised in sports, you know, therapy. And I remember like, I'm a very self-conscious, like not self-conscious, I'm very self-aware. And I remember calling my mom being like, I need a therapist. Like something's wrong with me. Like I'm not having the right thoughts. I can't control them. I don't know what's going on. And I think like anyone knows, um, I took the first opportunity that I got. I got an insurance job and I said, I need to make money. I need to do something different. I need to do something different in my life. And I think too, when you go through like a really bad mental phase, you think like once you take yourself out of an environment, it's just going to immediately get better. And I'm just going to be honest. Like it took me two years of very intensive therapy, like multiple times a week to get through my demons and my hurdles and see why my life had led to that point of where I started to really, you know, mentally and physically abused like myself in a way. And, um, it took me a long time to kind of find myself again. I wasn't enjoying work, but it was something to just distract myself from. Um, and I will tell you for a long time, I felt like a shell of myself because for my entire life, everyone had always known me as the soccer player. The minute you're not a soccer player anymore, no one, you know what I mean? Like anyone I'd meet that was a friend of my parents, they'd be like, Oh, you're the soccer one, right? You want to play soccer? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, but I don't play anymore. Like, I do this, you know, I work in insurance. They're like, Oh, cool. Like insurance job. Um, so long story short, my point is, is that, yeah, I think for me over time, it's just been slow growing and I'm actually very happy. I didn't just jump in back into sports for me personally, despite not really having an identity found in, in the first two to three years, because I always tell people this, and this would be my recommendation for you, Carrie. I always try to tell my friends that play in the league, please, out of anything, you don't need to make it a full-time job, but just start exploring things. Coach for a summer. If you hate it, don't do it again. Talk to people. Reach out to people, your friends. If you need help reaching out to people, talk to me. I will find you contacts. Because the earlier you start figuring out what's next for you or even the, the, the area in which you want to study or do, 
the better you are later on. I don't want you to have to forcibly make a decision unless you want to do it, right? Like I want you to play soccer as long as you can and stay healthy, but at some point it will end, right? We're not, (laughs) Carly Lloyd has to stop playing. Um, And I don't think the league does enough, frankly, in my opinion, to like set you guys up for future career. Um, But I will say that I think the day when you start to find worth in your other skills. Like, I think me and Joanna talk about this. I'm like, Joe, you're like a good coach. Like when Joe looks at herself in the mirror mirror and doesn't say like, Oh, I have a good first touch. Like that doesn't matter anymore. Like I look at myself now and I'm like, I'm like good at my job. I feel like I find value my job and who I am now more. Like sometimes I tell Joe this, I'm like, God, if I had this confidence when I was a player, like what could I have done? Like I never had confidence like this when I was a player. Um, so I think it's just about the transition and finding time, but I won't lie. Like, it's something I'm really passionate about. You guys both know this and Jenny, this is, it's like, I was, I don't ever, I don't wish that on anybody. And I'm a big proponent of like, I think people should go. I think everyone should go to therapy. Frankly, I think it's the best form of like, I love it. I'll probably do it the rest of my life, no matter where I'm at, if I'm my, my peak or my bottom, but no one prepared me for that, that trauma. And it's like, I felt like I was going through a deep, dark breakup. Like, I mean, I felt like I was married to soccer for 20 years and someone said, it's over, <laughs> it's over. And, um, yeah. So I think like, it's just, I, I would love to see, I've, I've said this before. I'd love to see whether it's people like myself working with a PA or whoever, whoever can help make that happen. I want to see women have more off season opportunities to, uh, explore other areas because without that, um, you just don't know what you're passionate about. Cause you're every, I mean, Car- I mean Carrie, every day is soccer. Mm-hmm. All you think about is soccer. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's like, it's all, it's mm-hmm. all consuming. So like, honestly, I do what I love, which is still soccer. And then it's a when Thursday night and I can have a half a bottle of wine or <laughs> some wine. Like those are things that would like for so long, stress me out exponentially that like oh like I I a glass of wine I'm not gonna perform tomorrow or mm-hmm. like I'm not or oh I'm looking yeah at the clock and I'm not I'm looking at the clock I'm like I'm not sleeping what, what I'm not like it's gonna affect my performance like you, I don't drink water anymore I don't have to drink water anymore. <laughs> everybody probably should drink yeah. water but like I live on coffee a little bit of water when I'm thirsty <laughs> and diet Pepsi so it's like I have a the yeah. things that like you used to like freak out about, yeah. like now I'm just like, uh, right. I, uh, yeah, as you drink. Well, off. I have a question. I have a question that I'm gonna put back because me and Joe have talked about this. When you when you get out of soccer, Carrie, like sometimes you look back into it and you you have a whole new perspective. Like I remember, like this sounds lame, but when I first got out, I was like, oh my god, how do I make friends? Like all my friends are soccer players, mm-hmm. like literally. And even with me and Joanna, cause like we work full time, we have the podcast. Sometimes if we've had times with ourselves where we're like, dude, we need to like prioritize talking as friends. Cause every time we're talking, it's like podcast, this podcast that we don't actually take a minute to be. So I wonder for yourself, Carrie, like, have you thought about that? Like, do you have moments and maybe it's with Jenny, but like, do you have moments where you're, you take a step away? Cause I think sometimes when you live with a soccer player, you're with soccer players, you do everything with your team. You, it becomes like beyond what you're putting focus on in terms of performance, your whole life, every, and you know, it's just natural. You guys want to talk about the game, who did well, who did bad. I'm feeling this, that it, and it becomes kind of like a event sesh and sometimes you need that person to be like talk about your date talk about this talk about like things that don't relate to soccer and um I have found that that's been 
I almost serviced my friends like that sometimes. Like, I don't care about your game. Just tell me about your day. Did you do anything mm-hmm. different? Like, I mm-hmm. wonder for yourself if that's something that you've thought about or have started to do in your own life and you found effective, like finding those those people or those things outside of maybe it's maybe it's this podcast, but I'd just be curious. Yeah, I do a really good job with this, actually. And I think especially coming here, I have a lot of friends away from Angel City, like a lot. Yeah. That have not, yeah. That, that I've met through soccer or through Notre Dame, but have nothing to do with Angel City. And so, yeah. like, even the first week I got here, I spent a whole week just, like, screwing around, not involved with Angel City, and, like, literally doing it whatever I want. Like, have a drink, have a this, have a french fry, have do whatever with whoever. And it had, they, they had nothing to do with anything here. Um, I think the one thing that I struggle with is that, Right now, I take it for granted that I can always go back to soccer. Like, I always know, okay, well, yeah, I'm, like, screwing around, doing whatever, but I have preseason soon, and I know that. And the feeling I get when I'm playing is just, like, something that's indescribable and kind of irreplaceable for me. And so I I guess knowing in the back of my mind that I'll always have soccer right now, I'm just, like, I don't know. I do have the balance. It'll come. Like, it, it, that's it. Because, that but one day I won't again. have the... I'll be doing this screwing around and hanging out with my other people and not talking about soccer, but then I won't be able to like go out and train. And I literally don't know anything else. Like my memories go back to four years old when I was already playing. I've been playing for 24 years. I'm like, I don't have a memory without a ball at my foot. I literally don't know what it's like to not have that be part of my identity. Cause that's just like, I've been a daughter, a sister, a friend, whatever I've been my whole life. I've also been a soccer player. So then that one little, it's like, taking away the fact that you're a daughter basically or a sister kind yeah. of to me yeah. I just am like it's been a long damn time for you three too it's been a, it's a that's a lot of years to just be like oh well never mind you're not that anymore it's like whoa whoa whoa, yeah. whoa wait why not but like that's I feel like there's a lot of lanes though that you could potentially go down that would still I don't know if you've gotten this Joe but I've had moments lately where I'm like wow like your endorphins, like th- that sensation, that endorphin like kicks in. I think Joe gets it probably more. Cause she's like in a moment in a game, she's watching girls perform at like through her work and how she's coaching them. But I do, I get your point there. And I, I think that like, there's just, you have to, it'll come at some time. Like you probably don't think of your way like this, but when I think of Carrie, right? Like, of course you're an excellent soccer player, but I'm like, you graduated from the university of Notre Dame. I always laugh at when we get girls on our pod and they don't even like, that's not even like a topic. Like they don't even, it's just like, yeah, I did it. I went to school and I, you know, you know, what? like that is something like for some people, that's the greatest accomplishment they'll do mm-hmm. in their life. And I think like, you're going to realize just because those specific skills haven't really been effective for you in your life yet. I think it's, there's going to come a time where like all these experiences, as well as your college degree and all the things you learned in college, they're going to come in. Um, but yeah, but this is my point. Like there needs, there needs to be platforms in place that can help you find your next passion because th- it will exist. It will happen. It may take you, it may, for Joanna, it was a matter of six months. For me, it was a few years. It could take five years, but it, there is something else for you. Just, it's like, it's like, I hate to re- reference this, but like breaking up with somebody. You like think your whole world's ending. There's no one else. There's no fish in the pond. And then you're like, Two years later, you find a better fish. Like you don't think it in the moment, but in time there will be a better fish. The euphoria and like how you feel when you're training, you never think that you're going to find yep. a, like a high like that. 
And yeah. on, I can, I'm a walking testament that like, you can, I, and I'm psycho. I was going to say, you, do you, you know, I'm a psycho. Yes. Like I was batshit crazy. I mean, yes. I'm still batshit crazy. Like people, like I jumped in the session in between my hip surgeries and I was like playing and like, I'm like a gregarious, like I, I talk a lot. Like I'm a very loud, like loud coach. I'm always kind of like not joking around, but when it's time to be serious, I'm serious. Well, I jumped in and everybody like heard whispers and they're like, why is Joe like, is Joe okay? Like, is she mad at us? And I'm like, no, you just haven't seen me play. Like, I'm psycho. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself in those moments mm -hmm. in different situations that, like, I was, I actually, like, called Anson the other day because I'm like, do you, like, how do you turn your brain off? Like, I got more sleep as a player than I do as a coach. I'll wake up at 3 a.m. and be like, we move so-and-so here. Like, oh, you're like, one of those. Oh, but, like, when you, when you find something that you love, and you're trying to figure out and you're trying to toy like I'm like oh that's it like that put that Ron that whatever I did like that sucked like how do I I'll be like 3 a.m I'll wake up okay what can I do differently so you find ways to like get your gears going again mm -hmm. that's and what I always say you have to find something that lights that yes. fire within you the way like getting on the line and running lights this fire in me I have to just yeah. find a way to channel that energy yeah. it'll obviously be doing something else or I guess I can pull a Heather O'Reilly and run 300s when mm -hmm. I'm eight months pregnant like she does like but everything like do that game, everything that the game has taught you whether it be off the field on the field training whatever the the, the lessons and and everything that like I learned is something that yeah. I'm coaching Tina's in the corporate world, Ginny, you are in the corporate world. You find ways to utilize those skills that you learned for so long. So then it's not, well, what's the point? I'm done. I don't play soccer anymore. It's like, okay, I learned, I played soccer for 24 years. Now I'm using all the skills that soccer taught me for 24 years into my next ambition. Right. Well, I was going to ask because you two are still involved in soccer, but you up there are not. So do you do a good job channeling your yes. energy? Can you tell me your story for a hot second? <laughs> she she sits on mute. That's why I'm like, I know, get, I get your damn thing off mute. No, this is all just, it's like interesting. I'm also like analyzing it too and trying to like find themes because I think a big theme is the identity part, obviously. Like from a young age, it is literally ingrained in our DNA almost that we're an athlete. And I, I don't, I forget who said it, but it's like your parents tell other parents about your accomplishments and you just become like that athlete in your hometown and everyone kind of has these expectations. And so then when it's like all said and done, you're like, Oh shit, like, what do I do now? And yeah. I think for me, since I, um, I dealt with performance anxiety my entire life with no matter what sport, like tennis, soccer, field hockey, like whatever, like soccer. I remember from a young age, I grew up watching the premier league. Like I was in love with it. But then as I kind of was playing, like it was like the love of my life, but also like my worst enemy at the same time, because it, it caused me or I caused myself to have these mental <laughs> issues with the performance anxiety. And so it was going to therapy, trying to figure that out. Um, while also still trying to like maintain that love for the game and, just to like give a little 
backstory, I think around when ODP started, that's when like my, my performance anxiety got really, really bad. And I'm sure there's a ton of people out there that are like, Oh, I fucking hated ODP. Um, <laughs> Rhode Island, Rhode yeah. Island university. Oh, but I don't God. know where you, we used to go to URI. Ew. It was like the worst, worst, yeah. first week of July. You're just oh, cringing yeah. the first yeah. week of July. Always fell on my birthday though. Anyway, yeah. Move forward. It was the worst. Yeah. Um, and then I was like trying to figure that out. Like my parents were like, what's going on? I remember I literally turned down like a national camp invite because I was terrified of just making a mistake. Like I was just like, I can't do this. Um, And then I joined a club in high school that was part of the Chicagoland area. And it's been in the news recently. And so that coach was my coach. And so like that experience, which I'm still kind of like trying to wrap my head around it and figure out like what it actually was because like previously I'd kind of been like manipulated into thinking it was one thing. And now that I'm like hearing all this shit, I'm like, no, that was actually like pretty awful. Like that was just like, not okay. I don't know, so, yeah, <laughs> but we had, um, Priva Sally on <clears throat> and oh my gosh, coming out and look the same thing. So I was drafted by Boston, Boston Fold, and I was drafted by Chicago. Oh, I yeah. forgot. And you know, Alexa. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that. Yeah. So like we were all in that together and I look Holy back shit. and I'm like, none of that was okay. Like you, at the time, like we talked about, like you rationalize it and you're like, okay. So, but like, no, none of that was okay. No, like, no, none of it. That obviously didn't help with my performance anxiety too, because at any moment my coach could like flip a switch and anyways, where, where am I going with this? So yeah, by the time I got to college and like Notre Dame had been my dream, my dad went there. By the time I got there, like I was in love with the team and just being on the team and everything that comes with it. But then at the same time, because of like the mental anguish I was still in and I was still, I was seeing a therapist and everything, but it was, I still couldn't break this performance anxiety. Like it was always following me around. So it was almost like I didn't want it to end, but I wanted soccer to end at the same time, which is probably a lot different than what you guys have been through. Like, I was like, I love this so much, but I cannot, after four years, I was like, I'm not playing professionally. Like I can't, I can't do this. I was just kind of miserable, even though I like loved it so much. And I look back on it and I'm like, it was the best times because it was like this roller coaster almost. So like the best seemed like the way, way best times, but then the worst was obviously the worst. So fast forward to now, actually fast forward to when like I lost my senior year that would have been the point where I would have been like, okay, who am I? What's my identity? Um, at the time I was in a relationship that they were playing a sport and I threw myself into that identity. And so, and I kind of was able to skip the part, the hard part where I had to like work on myself and just threw it into someone else's life and was like, okay, this is, I like this. It's fun. It's easy. It's not my let, like, I don't have the pressure. Like I can like go to the games and whatever. Um, and so fast forward to this year, um, when I don't, I don't have that life, that other person's life anymore to throw myself into. I was like, Holy shit. Like it literally took me four, three, four years after college to realize, I don't know who I am. Like, I literally do not know who I am. I'm work-wise like was fine. But in terms of like what I like, 
like what things I like to do, what music I like, what movie genres, like all those things. And it goes deeper. Like I've been seeing a therapist this whole year and we've been dissecting it and whatnot, but I'm, I'm a big people pleaser too. Like that's how I've always grown up. Um, and so it's just, I kind of made myself so versatile to the point where it's just like, no matter who I talked to, I was like a chameleon. Like I would like what they liked, or I would do what they wanted to do just to like, please the other person. Um, and so now like, it's a big thing in my life. I'm working on like actually doing what, just being selfish and stuff. The one thing that's like really helped me. And I actually did this in Carrie and I've talked about this, but it's, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of EMDR? I don't even, I should know what it stands for. We but, talked about it. I forget. But it's, it's this exercise you can do like in therapy where you like move your eyes side to side. You like follow this ball on the screen oh. and you think Eye about movement. something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Desensitization and reprocessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like silly at first, but what I didn't realize is like every time you're like moving your eyes, like it's like basically like ruffling things in your brain and like uncovering different memories that you may have never uncovered if you weren't doing this like exercise. One of the times we were doing it, I was doing it with my therapist. I, she had me think of like myself as a younger kid and she's like, what are you wearing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm wearing a soccer uniform. Like I'm playing soccer. And she's like, okay, now think about your life, like outside, like picture yourself as a little kid without the soccer uniform. And it was like the hardest thing for me to do. And that was kind of like an epiphany, like breakthrough moment where I'm like, Oh shit. Like I, I really do need to work on my identity. I couldn't imagine that little girl without the soccer kind of once I had that breakthrough and what I've been doing for the past couple of months is just being like super selfish, taking the time to be like, okay, I'm 25. I'm by myself. Like, and even though like it's it's sad sometimes, it's lonely, it's scary, whatever. It I'm not gonna I'm gonna look back when I'm older and have a family and be like, damn, like that was such a magical moment to kind of like figure out who I am, figure out what I like, not have any other responsibilities besides myself. And so I've really just been trying to like focus on that and pay attention to like what I'm actually interested in. And I don't know, just <laughs> what I want my life to turn out to be like. And I have to separate it from soccer. I don't think it's, mm-hmm. it was as hard as it was maybe for you guys, because by the time I was in college, I was like done mentally. But in terms of like my actual identity, just coming up from a people pleasing back background, like this year has been like a huge year of growth for me. So yeah, um, it's like hitting you that. now. Oh yeah. I love your story. I also think like kudos to you for having that recognition, like in college to say like, cause I, I feel like it relates to a lot of players. I can say for myself, I didn't have as much of the anxiety side, but I would say the, the, like the weight in which I put soccer in, like if I had a bucket of my life of value, like soccer was like taking up like 85%. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I went down a lot of, um, I had a bad journey out because like, it was like, you ripped so much of me away from myself. Um, and also when you put a lot of pressure on something, you're so easily influenced. Like a coach could have told me run 60 times. I would have ran 60 times. Like they're just, I was so focused on being perfect. This like perfectionism, which I think a lot of us have. And it's a really scary place to be in because it's like, nobody is perfect. Literally nobody is perfect. And you're always striving like, Oh, when I get to this goal, I'm going to feel like on the top of, and it's never enough. And you just keep trying and trying and trying and trying. You could win every award and do everything with your team. And it's never, every time you get to that thing, it's like, it's just one more thing on the checklist. 
And then as you get older, you start to realize like, why am I setting these like goals? Why am I, you know, like, why am I not in the moment? Like I need to live for now and not always. Um, and I think you see this too, with a lot of girls in the league, it's like these, this seesaw of emotions because soccer has just taken up so much of their value and their happiness that when it's even a, an inkling off or they're not playing well for one game, their emotions and their feelings are so you hit rock bottom and it's like seesaw seesaw because you don't have those extra things. So I always say like, I wish I had had more balance. I know that that's like, I know a lot of people say, well, you need to have like so much into it to be successful, but I don't necessarily think that's fully true. Like, I think like, yes, you could be super committed and married to the game or whatever, but like you do need to have other pieces of yourself that you can lean on in those moments where you feel insecure. You're not playing well for whatever reason. Um, I think even Joanna, when we talked to Brie and I thought this was an amazing thing, how she was like, I was going through an ankle injury and like on paper, there was nothing physically wrong with me. And it was the first time in her life that she was like, but my, my mind, like, I felt like I was in this mind warp of like my, my body telling me I'm not right. And the, and I just think it just shows you how much they always say like soccer is so physical, but it really is here. Everything is here. You just have to be able to control this to be able to be what you want to be. And part of that I think is balance and balance mm -hmm. and where you put your heart and your soul and your attention. Um, no matter what that is, a relationship, a career, another side gig, um, just having that outlet is so, so critical and just not, not something you're seeing right now necessarily in the women's game. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I actually do a pretty good job with having other outlets or people or things like if I have a bad game, or practice rarely am I coming home and like dwelling on it for more than like 15 minutes like unless it's like I really have like a shit game but besides that I'm just like what am I gonna do like why pun we talk about this all the time on Butterfly Road like why punish myself why don't I just like enjoy the other parts of my life because like what's the point and you do need to have that balance um something that Jenny just said before that you just like unlocked a memory of mine about when your therapist had you do the EMDR and was like picture you and you could only picture yourself in a soccer uniform. A couple years ago when I was in therapy during my whole like thing that was going on, um, my therapist said, when was the last time you were truly happy before your breakup? And I was like thinking of the one thing in my life that was the thing that kept me going and gave me that joy and fire that had nothing to do with my ex or my relationship or anything with like Notre Dame or whatever. And it was like running at the field and soccer. It was the U20 packet. That's what I was picturing. I shut my eyes and pictured my stupid U20 national team packet. And I told her, I was like running and, and, and soccer. And she was like, okay, well maybe you should like start doing that again. And I was just like, no, no, I can't possibly. <laughs> like, I was like, no. And then I just started doing it. And I guess what's terrifying for me is like, you had to force yourself to not picture the little girl in the uniform. But the thing that saved my life was yeah. me picturing myself running on the field and doing it again. So I guess what terrifies me now hearing you say that and me realizing like, that was all I could picture. And so what would I have done if I wasn't able to picture that? What would I have done? But don't oh, yeah. see, but don't underestimate yeah. your strengths. I'm telling you, Carrie, you think that that would be the only thing. 
and then you would try something else and it would work. Oh, you this is yeah. you're looking you're looking at it. Joanna is somebody, you know how crazy she is. Mm-hmm. She just went through <laughs> sitting. No, I'm just saying, like she sat on her ass for three weeks. She had to. That is mm-hmm. she got injured. That was a requirement and has gone through that many times over. And we talked about this when she went through it. It's like you think that working out's not an outlet for a hundred percent. It's the only time of my day I shut off. But then when you can't work out, it's just like the, you have to find, it can still be that, but it can't be the only thing. And mm-hmm. as you get older and you get away from it, you find other mechanisms mm-hmm. and Joe, I'll let you take it from here. But I feel like you just went through this where it was like, Joe couldn't, she was upset about not being able to Peloton. And now she had to go through something and find a different outlet. And I think you surprise yourself. You under underestimate your strength. Well, it was more, it was an outlet, but it was also my purpose too. That's what freaks me out. Right. Do you think maybe it was just that like, it was my previous purpose. So then I found it quickly. But if I didn't go back to soccer, that maybe I would have found a different purpose over time. Do you feel, yes. Do you feel like, yes, I 100%. Do you feel like you owe soccer something? No, I don't think I owe it. I just think it was something that I like am in love with it. Like it literally, I, I tell people, I'm like, if I could pick one place in the world that I literally am feeling pure bliss, it's like, it's literally pick up with like DJ and Dre at athletic lab. I know. But my thing is, is like, that was, that was me. Like that legit until it was you run around and you kick a ball Next time your back blows, you ain't going to be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. it could be terrible. And so I think, like, you have to give yourself, like, everything that you've been through, leaving soccer, not going to say it's easy, but all the shit you've been through, it ain't that. I'm not saying it's, like, easy, but you've been through a lot worse than... Yep just stepping away also carrie like you i think you underestimate how much you've actually done apart from your professional job like you've already branched out so much you're doing this podcast you're in soccer resilience like you're coaching Mm. you're doing other like mental one-on-one stuff with girls like I really do think that's all going to be there still when oh, yeah. NWSL yeah. is over. Right. I guess at the time. You just don't value it as high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and at the time, I didn't have all of that. At the time when I did the whole shut my eyes, what do I, what was the one thing that like I loved so much before my relationship? you'd be surprised your answer now. Yeah, maybe my answer's, there's more to me now. There is. Maybe and back then there was, that was well, like my main thing. I was now, younger. Were you ta- were you this open? Were you this in tune with your emotions, your feelings? Like you're so much you're you're more willing she to wasn't. be mentally naked. At now, least right? with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, but that yeah. that makes such a difference. Yeah. Like the the version of myself at twenty two, I would have been embarrassed to be open like this. And yeah. now I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like this is me and I own it. I also think too, like you think when you're done, like soccer isn't gonna be a part of you. Oh, it's still there. Tina's yeah, free. Yeah. It's brought Tina's back in the front office. Right. I'm coaching Jenny. I tell Carrie all the time what an unbelievable coach she would be. And she doesn't know. But I try to tell her all the time, like the impact, the thing that is equally as rewarding as getting on the line in training and playing pickup with DJ, playing pickup with Dre, <laughs> playing pickup with Georgie, who just won a natty, like playing, like, seeing like the impact that you can have on girls that you were just in their shoes and just walking in their shoes 
less than five years ago and then like helping them and guide them that I kid you not is just as rewarding as playing pickup and I can say that and it'll be there it'll be there that's why it's like almost like you you think that like soccer is gonna end and you're like never gonna be able to like touch a soccer it's like sacred you can't touch yeah I guess that's true and it's that's not true because I've been going to noon ball at UNC all off season and I'm like all these wash-ups are rolling up I'm so dumb central noon ball is wash-up central noon ball is wash-up central noon ball ain't going anywhere noon ball ain't going anywhere I live for noon ball I live for noon ball as a pro and I'm post I got my hip fixed so I can whenever I move back to North Carolina I can play noon ball Tar Heel I heart Jenny hates when I do this but you know Joe knows I'm a secondary Tar Heel and I will be going to noon ball yes of course I Jenny's like ew so he can play noon ball interesting perspectives I feel like all of you were different like Joe had the injury Tina had like a not great experience where she was like it's time to go and then Ginny was like I can't wait to not go but I I am enjoying it now I'm totally like you need to work on positive talk about yourself outside of soccer you do I'm telling you because the way you you've been through some shit I worry about a few okay you're not somebody I worry about and it's it's it speaks to the things that you've gone through in your life already. And I, the fear is going to be anything scary. The unknown is scary. That's just like bottom sure. line. And even it may, it's going to be scary after it may not happen as quickly as Joanna or whoever else. Like, but you mm-hmm. just have to keep faith that that moment's going to come. The clarity is mm-hmm. going to come and the people around you are going to support you. And you're vulnerable, right? Like I wish when I had first come out, I was so mortified. I didn't talk to people. I didn't tell them what I was going through. I just sat in a hole you need, you need to be able to say, I'm struggling today. I told Joanna that when she got her hip surgery, I said, if you're, if you're pissed, if you're sad, you call me, I'll come to the house. We'll talk, whatever. Like you got to be able to get that out and not sit in that hole of sadness or anger or whatever it is, because too many of us do that. And then it's like an overload and you don't, you don't ever have that like release and ability to move forward in whatever you're doing. Well, that's so. actually what I was going to kind of want to wrap this up with was like, bullet point reader's digest version of like from your two point of views what you've learned or wish you would have done differently or like advice for someone who's like i just retired from a sport or i have no identity because i no longer play sports someone's gonna listen to this and be like oh my gosh i'm i'm a high school player i'm a college player my sport's gonna end soon or one day what just like go joe little tidbits that you can just sum it up basically trust in your gut and trust in your path Mm -hmm. because it's led you to the point of your success. So it's not going to mislead you. Mm-hmm. So my gut to turn around the car to get out to talk to Jay. Imagine if I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where I'd be. So I think listening to the gut and your path and, and, and letting it go and trying not to force it. Because I think honestly, deep down, I truly believe what's meant to be is meant to be. And yeah. you, if you... Um, 
you know, disregard the signs or disregard the, the doors that are opening for you and you're not realizing it in front of your face, that's, I think, when people get into trouble. But when you realize the door is open, just go through it. You don't know what's yeah. going to happen. It may be the greatest thing in your life. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. know. On that, I would just say, one, patience is a key. Yeah. You know, we're always impatient about things when we when we have change in our life. Um, and then I'd also say, just don't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. If it's in the unknown, like to Joanna's point, it may not turn out like Joanna. I'm going to be frank. Like yeah. you may do something and be like, I hate this. I don't know why I did this. Guess what? Pivot. Mm-hmm. Do something different. Change. It's okay. You tried. Now you know, and you move on to the next thing. And then lastly, I would say, reach out to your network of former players that are in or have been in your boat. That is what we feel like we're here for, right? Like I love when girls call me and are like, I, maybe it's not even getting out of soccer. I want to do something else. It's like, okay, let's talk about that. Like, what are you interested in? Do I know people that you can talk to? I may not be the resource, but it's like, I hope that our stories, they're only one iteration, but like, you're not alone. And I think that's anything that you you're challenged with or go through whether it's an ACL, mental illness, whatever it is, it's like when you feel like you're the only person in the world experiencing that, it's the darkest place ever. There are so many of us that have gone through it in so many da- different ways. And like, we want to support you. Like, I know we know this. I've met so many girls that are doing other things now and um, have connected. Like, look what you and Jenny are doing. You're creating this amazing platform for people to be vulnerable and talk about things that, frankly, no one's talked about in so long. And it's incredible because, you know, like your point made, like there are 16 year olds that are ending soccer and it's as dramatic as it is for a 25 year old who's played professionally. And that's super important. And, um, I'm just happy we got to get on and I know, know, I love that. I love share, it. I love share it. some stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, you guys are great. I love this podcast. I know. And you got very mentally naked. You guys all made me do it too. I was like, wait, they are like unlocking memories and I'm going to share even, yeah. even Ginny. I was like, Ginny, everyone opened up a little bit today. That was like really yeah. good. <laughs> Look at Joe. She's like, yeah, we did. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. You said you're in love with soccer. Cause like that is to a T how I felt. I was like, I'm going through a Two, 10 year marriage and I just broke up with my yeah, partner. I'm going like, to that's grieve. how I felt. I was grieving grieve. soccer. Oh yeah. I didn't talk to anybody oh, yeah. for probably a month and a half. Well then I will ask yeah, you like, like maybe it's okay to acknowledge, recognize that you are like super in love with your sport and that part of your identity, but like that it has to end and that's okay. It's okay. It's a little I, toxic. It's a little, I'm going to be honest, like you it's, can only, when you're this good, sometimes it's a little toxic. My mom says, soccer's an ex-husband that abuses you, but you keep going back to it. Yeah, but yeah, like, is, is the husband really abusing me? If I love it so much. Like no. it's, it's been so great. It's been the greatest thing in the entire world for me. And I've, I would go back and do every single thing again, every single injury. Yeah, hundred percent. Every single national team camp, every single second in Chicago, Every, every single second I would relive again because I wouldn't yeah. be who I am. I wouldn't be who I am without it. Right. But then I guess maybe, at some maybe point it has to end. Maybe your husband's point. just going to go through a change. You're going to, you know, transition from being a player to then maybe another capacity in the game. Yeah. That's how I feel like I'm not as, I'll be honest, like at this point in my life, I'm not as passionate about like the X's and O's and getting on the field as much. But every day I feel like, wow, like I am impacting a woman in this league mm-hmm. some way or another. 
And it brings me the greatest joy in my life. Like, I'm like, I would do this for free, frankly. And I'm, I work till eight, nine at night, whatever it may be. Like that for me is fulfilling. And, and you can still be a part of it in some way, in some capacity. And you just have to keep reminding yourself of that and being a former player and having the platform that you have, it's only going to grow as the league grows. Like there'll be so many opportunities for you when you're done that mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be more of a choice. The game will always be there. Um, yeah. And frankly, I'm going to encourage you to stay because we need people like you to help this evolve. It's, it's critical. Thank so. you. Maybe I'll stick around the game. Maybe. You definitely will. If the game's you lucky. Know. Yeah, if the yeah. game's lucky. <laughs> lucky. <laughs> we'll see. But I will, I will leave with this. I think it's really encouraging to see three people doing so well in their respective jobs, despite, like, all having to, like, put the game aside at some point. And for Joe to say that she, like, genuinely feels so happy and fulfilled and passionate and you too with what you're doing to you guys are so fulfilled and then with Ginny like late to the party but just now finding out who she is just moved Mm -hmm. to Denver and like she yeah doing her thing figuring out who she is once again late to the party but like doing it now it is encouraging and it and like you said Tina anyone listening to this like you aren't alone and like everyone goes through this and at all part of it part of the the one bad thing about being an athlete I guess is the Yes. Day yeah. when it ends, and yeah. we, we all, it's something we all have to go through. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, you are better at this than I am about the wrap up situation. You're always like, all right, well, it's great <laughs> having you on. I'm like, hey, yeah. how does she do that so well? Because I, I like, I'm bad. I, I'm but I, w- I can wrap this up because it's time to watch my yes. Kiwi Girls on the TV. So you guys should go watch that. And then the US plays, ooh. That's a yeah, I'm asleep. Yeah. I go to sleep by 9.15. Yeah, and yeah. me too. I'll I will be, be watching that. They're here in LA, so I'm going to go to the game on Sunday to watch okay. New Zealand play That's US. awesome. Yeah, so it'll be Good. really awesome. Give everybody my love. Yes, and uh, right. we will be in touch soon. Thank you guys so much for coming on. You are the best. Thank you. We and love you. We love you. I mean, I love you. Well, Jenny loves you. <laughs> everyone loves everyone. Okay, I am hanging up. Bye. 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 Bye.